Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in this Simply Happy Conversation, I'm talking with Daniel, CEO of Block Blue Light, a premier global brand for blue and artificial light blocking products. Daniel shares his extensive knowledge of light, LED lights, and how they are impacting our health. He also shares some simple hacks you can start doing today to reduce artificial blue light in your life. Let's jump into this Simply Happy guest conversation. Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, wellness and organizational coach and yin and nidra yoga instructor. This podcast will help you create more time using organizational strategies so that you can start to simplify your life and prioritize your health. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organizational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and prioritize your health. Today on Simply Happy Conversations, I'm talking with Daniel. He's the CEO of Block Blue Light, which is a premier company and brand here in Australia who have products who help with artificial lights to reduce the artificial LED lights in our homes. So welcome, Daniel. Thanks so much for having me. Um, Yeah, awesome to be here and look forward to sharing some of my knowledge on all things light and health. Yes, your extensive knowledge. So maybe start and tell us some of the things you like to do in your own your free time. Um, when you oh, have free time. <laughs> yeah, when I have it. But it's quite interesting because my background, I didn't always do what I do now. And a lot of my spare time was consumed by what I do now because sort of, it wasn't very much a, a passion project in myself. So really just diving into all things health and wellness and trying to understand um, for myself just how to live a better and healthier life. So I got right into sort of understanding nutrition. And so a lot of my time was doing that. And um, then I got into uh, fitness. So I was actually a competitive powerlifter for a number of years. And I competed in Australia um, at a very high level. So that was kind of what I've done for a lot of time. Now, what do I do today? Well, I'm actually very consumed <laughs> inside my business. So that a lot of time is spent there. But Beyond that, it's just trying to get outside and get in nature and and um, go for walks and all that sort of stuff. Really, is, is pretty basic sort of things for me. Yeah, yeah, no, beautiful. It's great to hear though about the um, weightlifting and just have that insight behind. But also, it sounds like like one of your strengths is that you love learning and love learning about things that have then produced the things that you do in your business. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. So, tell us then about the business and how it how it started. Yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, for me, it started quite a while ago. So um, coming on like 10 years now, I was coming out of university um, and I was studying university. I was studying to um, a career in IT. So I, my, my goals and aspirations were to essentially get climb the corporate ladder. That was kind of the dream for me. And um, coming out back at the university I really started to focus on my own health and well-being because I was just about to start entering the working world and I really wanted to make sure I was healthy and able to perform so I came over to Sydney and um, started a, a job with a large insurance company and at that time as well I was heavily competing in powerlifting as I mentioned and I considered myself a really, really healthy guy by this stage. I was really into all, all the things I thought I was doing for health. So really, really understanding what nutrition did for me and exercise. And so I, I considered I was doing all the right things. And uh, within the space of about two to three months of actually entering and starting this new job, my health really started to take a, 
uh, died for the worst. So I was getting severe migraines attacks during the day. And then I started to develop severe insomnia um, at night. So I could, I could get to sleep, but I'd be waking up at like 2 a.m. like wired. And, and then over time, it's slowly started to just put my body into a chronic state of stress with chronic sleep deprivation. And then I was unable ability to focus during the day with migraines was quite quite a struggle and so I did kind of what most people would do in this circumstance with is and what I only knew was with go to my GP and sort of uh you know say hey I'm not sure what's going on but I'm you know my health is sort of saying struggle but they just sent me down a path and essentially prescribed me a whole cocktail of different prescription medications to try and band-aid essentially the symptoms I had and so I kind of went down that path for for close close to a year um and yeah i went through a whole handful of different off-label drugs and they ultimately just made me feel worse whilst my health continued to to decline and i got to a point where they kind of got to a point as well where they're like well not much we can do for you sort of thing it's it's like it, it might be it's all in your head sort of thing maybe try some breathing exercises sort of thing and I was like no, I don't I don't accept that like because again like I was so passionate about being into health and being healthy and being vibrant having lots of energy so I was like well if that's not going to help me I'm going to have to like troubleshoot this myself and in my job by this stage I was really involved in troubleshooting IT systems developing analyzing systems as well and I was like well can I apply that same level of thinking to the human system and to, to troubleshoot and try and work out what was going wrong and a, and a key thing that you do when troubleshooting systems is you try to do a root cause analysis to essentially see if the system was working fine and then suddenly it's not well something had to change to actually cause that so that's kind of the path I went on to to really understand what what's caused all this and um, this is very early days of the internet, so there wasn't certainly the wealth of knowledge we've got today. So it wasn't as simple as just jumping on and, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you know, there's sort of old sort of internet forums and stuff like that. And I did stumble across a um, a neurosurgeon in the US uh, called Dr. Jack Cruz, and he's a bit more widely known now in the in the sort of alternate health circles, but. It certainly wasn't then, but he had some very interesting concepts that certainly made me go down a bigger rabbit hole to understand what they were. And he was ultimately talking about the human human health and human biology is ultimately governed through through light, and the types of light we receive are ultimately they're sort of governing all our hormone hormonal processes in the body. And but most people have got it wrong that they're so hyper focused on what we eat and thinking that that is going to really control a lot of health status. Whilst it is important, it's, it's far less important. Um, so, and a, and a quote that he had back then that stuck with me was, um, was like, health is about light, not food. And what he was trying to say there is because this time, kind of like a lot of different diets were coming on the scene, like this paleo diet and ketogenic diets and, this and that and carnivore and and he was like it doesn't actually matter like none of that actually matters like getting to the fine details of how many grams of carbs you're eating if you're ultimately in the wrong light environment so i started to just deep dive on all his work and then started to apply some of his concepts and so 
what I kind of understood in my own lifestyle was my lifestyle of light had significantly changed. I'd be getting up in the morning prior to sunrise and I'd be walking to work and then going into an office building with very high levels of fluorescent lighting. And then I was working on a lot of screens during the day. And then by the time I would finish work, so I haven't really been outside in any natural light, the sun was already setting. And then I'd walk to the gym and then I'd train for two hours under more fluorescent lighting. And then I'd walk home and then I'd work at night. Like I had to do out of hours changes in IT at like 11 p.m. at night. So my whole, from waking up to going to sleep, I had no exposure to any kind of natural light. It was primarily all artificial, artificially lit light sources. So I decided to start applying a bit more concepts into how I was interacting with light. So I managed to find, so the concept of like blue light blocking glasses or blue light glasses didn't exist back then. Like there wasn't actually a thing, but I did find there was a particular pair of safety glasses that you could use that would significantly reduce your blue light exposure when wearing them. And so what I started to do was to wear them in the evenings when I was working um, to block out a significant portion of blue light. And then during the day, I was just trying to get out. So I'd take regular breaks and trying to get outside, going for walks just to get regular um, light exposure. And within like, there was a first, well, and there was an instant change or I could notice an instant benefit to doing that. And it was the first thing I had noticed in the whole year that had helped. So it was as simple as like going outside and wearing some like $20 safety glasses. And ultimately then through the next like two to three months, I completely reversed everything that was going on. And um, yeah, I was just like, how can it be so simple? Like, you know, how can, and why is, why is no one talking about this? You know, I've been to some sleep specialists and like some pretty like educated doctors, but they're just trying to find it at the, the answer at a prescription pad. And I was like, this is so basic, right? Like it's, and so from there, I was going to like, I'd had no aspirations yet to start a business or anything, but I was like, well, this is like, I was so like, like the profound changes that I had made in myself. I was like, I can't be the only one that goes through this because my lifestyle, I wouldn't consider it to be like radically different to many other people's lifestyles that are in that kind of working world. So I was like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start up a website and I'm going to, those glasses, I'm going to import like 20 of them from the US and we'll just, just kind of, it's just something I'm passionate about. Right. So, so yeah. So from there, I've just kind of continued down that path for the last, yeah, like eight years now that officially in business and continue to just uh, learn and look at the research and science. And cause that's continuously evolving and creating products and educating people on how to yeah interact with light better so it's working in their favor and not against them for health essentially yeah so maybe tell about blue light because i think that's one of the things i love on you and that's the thing that i share with people when i'm talking about your work that you're doing is that it's like a reel of the i think it's your phone and you're using that to show blue light in different areas of the home Maybe share some of the sources of blue light that people are maybe not even aware of, that there's blue light literally around us everywhere, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess if you even take a step back and ask what is blue light and why yeah. why yeah. should we even be concerned about it? Um, so, like, blue light is, is completely natural. It's in nature. We're exposed to it everywhere. Um, but there's a difference between what I'd say artificial blue light and, and natural blue light. So um, blue light in nature is, from the su- is emitted from the sun. 
um, but it's emitted with all other colours of the rainbow, essentially. And what that does is it creates what we call full-spectrum light, and that's also mixed in with infrared light and UV light. So that's essentially sunlight. Um, and then if we extract the blue light portion of that full-spectrum light, and what that does for us is blue light in nature it is taken in through the eyes and in through the skin, and it um, activates particular receptors in our eyes uh, that are they're non-visual photoreceptors. So what that means is they are um, receptors in our eyes that react, respond to light, but they're not for vision. We do have visual photoreceptors, which are rods and cones, which allow us to take in signals of light, which is then transformed into the brain for vision. But we have other receptors, which essentially will respond to blue light to sync in with our, um, what, our circadian clock or the master clock in the brain. And so that's essentially all our body clock. Some people know it as Um and so what a circadian rhythm is, is essentially a 24-hour cycle that our body operates on and it's governed through, and the clock is set or governed through both day and night, particularly during the day. It's the blue light that's telling the brain it's daytime. And so when, that, when the, um, the brain receives that signal of blue light in the environment, it then will uh, secrete certain hormones and neurotransmitters. So particularly wakefulness hormones like adrenaline and cortisol are released. And we need those hormones to be awake and alert during the daytime. So very, very critical hormones. If we didn't have that blue light to stimulate those hormones, you would feel very sleepy during the day. You wouldn't feel very motivated. And um, other uh, neurotransmitters also that it creates through blue light interacting on the skin is serotonin and dopamine. So serotonin and dopamine are heavily... Um, responsible in our body to regulate our mood and regulate our motivation and energy levels as well so typically people with low, uh, depressive symptoms will have low serotonin and so <laughs> one of the one of the antidotes for that is getting outside and getting natural light will actually help the um, natural levels of serotonin be risen so that sounds all great except blue light sounds like it's amazing and we certainly do need it from um, the issue is is when we look at artificial blue light which is Primarily, um, everything that's emitting a light source that isn't the sun um, is an artificial light source. And um, most of the light sources in today's world are um, LED-based light sources. So that's a kind of the modern light sources. That, so that would be all of the screens we use, all the phones, um, all the lights in our home, uh, your TVs, pretty much everything now that's digital when it has a screen on it or it emits a light is an is a, a LED light source. And the difference between the light source from an artificial source and the sun is it's not full spectrum light. So it has very, very high levels of a very narrow bandwidth of blue light and it doesn't have any of the other spectrums. And the reason that's an issue is because blue light is... Um, all light is measured in nanometers or wavelengths and blue light is a very short wavelength and it's low, lower in nanometers. And what that means is that it carries a lot more energy in, in the frequency. And when you put on a high energy uh, light frequency, you get exposed to that in isolation, which you do it when it's in, in um, an artificial light source. It's very damaging to the body. It causes oxidative stress and cellular damage and breakdown. Now, that doesn't really happen in nature because nature has the antidote, which is red light. So red light's a very long wavelength. It's really healing, restorative, and regenerative. So when you mix those two together, the net effect is it doesn't really have a damaging effect. But when we come indoors and we get exposed to all the artificial sources of light, 
you've stripped all the beneficial wavelengths out of it and we're only left with wavelengths that cause cellular damage and breakdown. So that becomes a big problem, particularly during the daytime where we are just bombarded with very, very high levels of that high energy blue light. And that kind of the symptoms we see there is eye strain, headaches, migraines, um, dry eyes, kind of feeling of like tired but why, a bit of anxiety sort of thing. It's 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 really stimulating your cortisol levels too high as well. Um, so that's a really, really big issue. Um, but then the even bigger issue is is what it's doing to us at nighttime because whilst it's 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 expected that we should be exposed to blue light during the daytime in balance from full spectrum light, at nighttime there's no such thing as a natural source of blue light. Um, the sun sets. And then in nature, there is no blue light. Um, but now in the modern world, when the sun set, what do we do? We just turn on all our lighting, light sources yeah. because we're not ready to go to sleep. We don't want to live in the dark. Um, even if we look at like our, like thousands of years of what, an- what our ancestors used to do, um, like caveman, right? They fire, so a fire source. What, what colors of fire? Well, it's orange, yellow, and red. There's no blue or green light. And, and what is considered still a natural light source Um even candles, candles don't emit blue light either. So what we're doing now is sunsets. Um, so our body and biology is, is designed to receive no amount of blue light is it's getting almost the same levels of blue light that you'd get in solar noon. Um, so your brain is now continuing to think it's solar noon when it's 9pm at night or any time past sunset. It's, so the circadian clock that the body clock that's, that's designed to work on this 24-hour cycle is kind of stuck at this midday and it's not able to complete its full cycle where it, where over certain different periods of the time, it's designed to release certain hormones and do certainly certain bodily functions that now get either delayed or don't happen at all. And so over the long term, that starts to cause chronic health problems. And the first one we see is insomnia or sleep problems. And the reason for that is, um, if your brain thinks it's solar noon when it's not solar noon, it keeps your cortisol levels elevated, which is the wakefulness hormones, and including adrenaline, and it will suppress the hormones that make us feel sleepy and want to go to sleep and stay asleep, which is melatonin. So melatonin is one of the kind of the master sleep hormones that people commonly know it as a sleep hormone. Will be suppressed um, as high as eighty five percent. Um, will be suboptimal levels of melatonin being suppressed purely by the fact that your your body's doing exactly what it's designed to do, which is uh, when it understands it's daytime, it's designed to keep you awake, which is exactly what it's doing. And so evolution takes, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years to occur. And we've rapidly changed our light environment in the short space of, even now, it's even like well, if you, it's about a hundred years of, of electricity, but like even just in the last ten years of just moving to this LED light source, the brain doesn't understand the difference between blue light from the sun and blue light from your LED lights or your screen. So biologically, it, it's it's very confused, and it's it's doing what it's kind of been designed to do. <laughs> So this is like leading to like health issues like worldwide because I mean in here in Australia it's LED is what we're expected to buy like isn't it to mm-hmm. save the environment but we're not actually saving ourselves are we 
Correct. So yeah, so LED light, yeah, the question is, well, why why would we start using this type of light source? Yeah. And so uh, historically, we've used a heat-based light source, which is incandescent or halogen. And whilst that wasn't a perfect light source, it was very, it wasn't too bad. It had it still had blue light in it, but it was very, very low amounts of blue. It actually had a lot of red and the infrareds and all these regenerative restorative wavelengths. But the issue with that was it's it's the way it produces light is through heat. Um, so it heats up a filament and it's very energy inefficient because to create light through heat, it yeah, it's pre- predominantly creating a lot of infrared light. Um, which is actually really, really good light, but from a just purely being able to visually see, it's inefficient. So um, when the LED technology was created, you know, a, a lot of policy was put in place for sustainability to to move to this type of light source because um, it's very energy efficient. It doesn't really use much. It doesn't produce any heat. There is no infrared light or, um, produced from it. Um, and the lifespan of the light, are very very long so the replacement cycle is very um is not nearly as short as incandescence which can blow quite commonly so the material wastage and constantly having to change your light bulbs so all under the umbrella of we need to save the planet and do everything right for the planet is fine but um one important element that's been completely disregarded is the people or the every every living thing that is actually living on the planet is actually it's destroying their health. Um, so, and we are moving into an age where literally it is now illegal to import and possess and use incandescent lighting. So, like just in the US in 2023, they have now passed a law that you know it's now you can't import um, incandescent lighting. And most governments around the world are slowly rolling this kind of policy out. So we'll get to a point. Near is it is almost near impossible to source these old type of lighting sources, but it will become in the not too distant future actually impossible to get. Wow! Yes, it's, it's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? It's like we've we've done the technology, but we haven't really looked into how's this going to affect us as humans. Yeah, it's not like, just humans. It's and, like and everything. It's, it's so like, animals as well. Like, how does it? affect yeah. them the same sort of thing are you seeing is there studies around that as well yeah oh this on but it's yeah, there are certainly studies on it and there are certainly looking at like even bugs if you've seen like a okay. street light yeah and, that's like, what i'm thinking cool. outside and yeah. like, they go nuts like because it's stimulating them right and like all sorts of different animals like um are just not designed to be under this light because they all have their own version of a circadian rhythm and every every living thing on this planet is governed through light, even plants. Like plants, mm. you know, if you starve a plant of sunlight, it dies. Um, so if you continue to put a d- different living things under the wrong type of light and it's not getting the right, it's going to not thrive, essentially. And mm. humans are, it's becoming very apparent in humans that it's certainly not allowing us to thrive the way we should be. Yeah, definitely. I guess it's light pollution, isn't it, that we're mm-hmm. now you know, creating all around our, the planet. So then tell us a little bit about the technology behind your product, uh, in particular the light globes then. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, um, yeah, initially we obviously started with glasses and, and that was really designed to use different um, technology and lenses to either block or filter specific frequencies of blue light, so more obviously completely eliminate it at night and then reduce it during the day. And so we've got a whole suite of glasses for that. But then I was kind of looking at the where things were and using glasses, I, I felt like it was like, it was a game, it was more of a band-aid 
solution to a bigger problem. I was like, well, the only reason we need to wear these glasses is because there's so much exposure to this artificial light. So I was like, well, what, what happens if we could actually change the type of light in the first place that's been emitted? Now, it's not a, it's not possible to do it everywhere. Like there's a lot of screens and phones mm. and stuff, and obviously I don't have the power to start influencing Apple or these big tech companies. But um, the actual biggest exposure in the home is actually all our overhead lighting. It's not the the screens. Like there, there's so many lights in a house. Like there's forty to fifty lights, and if we could at least tick that off and and have them all more biologically appropriate type of lighting coming out of our overhead lights it's a significant reduction to start with. So that's where we started to look at how can we actually redesign lighting. And like I said, like trying to use incandescent and the older technology is just near impossible based on the policy that was coming down the pipeline. So we looked, we essentially looked at LED lighting and said, well, how can we actually re- reverse engineer the technology just to look at the things that are wrong with it and see if we can just tweak it and make it... <laughs> make it better for us essentially mm. so we created a whole we've got a whole suite of different lighting products that are actually all based they are all actually led products believe it or not so it's not it's not led that's actually bad for us and it, it gets a bad rap because that's kind of what everyone anyone that kind of is a bit health conscious and understands about light a bit and say, oh i've heard led lights are bad for me i don't want that sort of thing well led just stands for light emitting diode which means there's a little diode on a chipboard that emits light so if it's emitting the right type of light, then it's actually not bad for us. So that was what we started to look at. And so we just, and the reason most of the light we have from LED is is in that narrow band with the blue is because it's more energy efficient. And essentially to create white light, um, you use blue light. So that's how anything that's really bright and white, that just means it's a lot of uh, blue light in it. So we just looked at using special diodes that are, don't emit those frequencies to start with. And so generally that looks like a warmer amber color light or a even a red light if you completely strip out the green light as well. And so some people would sort of say, oh, well, I can just go to, you know, the hardware store Bunnings and buy a cheap sort of party light bulb or a decorative bulb that's amber or red, right? That's That should be the solution. And I wish it was that simple, but it's unfortunately it's not because those, those light sources were still never designed to remove specific frequencies, they're always just yeah. designed to create an ambient color. And most of them are still using a standard diodes with that. And then they're just using a filter on the outside of the bulb to make mm-hmm. it that color. But then it still has the blue light in it. Even it just it just has more predominant red light than blue, but there's still blue in it. So or amber, depending on the light color. But yeah, so it's still about actually getting the right by using specifically designed lighting that is designed to actually eliminate frequencies. That's a great tip that you made because I could imagine people listening and go, well, I'll just go buy, you know, those coloured lights. So that's a, yeah, great tip. And, like, we have your light globes and they have made a huge difference even for myself, within the first two days of using it, I was feeling sleepy when I was reading my book at night and just going, gosh, I can't even stay awake within half an hour. I'm like, I've got to go to sleep now. So, and then also the portable one, which I think is great that you're able to take them with you. Um, like we took them on holidays at Easter time with this. Um, and again, I like that the idea that you have the glasses, but I know that my kids, there's no way they would wear those glasses all around the home. So it's <laughs> like having the light globes and the light globes in the rooms that we're at night. It's not within our home, whole home. 
I'd love to eventually. And, but at least it's in each of the bedrooms and that's making a difference. And I actually took them to yoga the past six weeks with me and the um, little ones as well as my own ones from the bedroom. And so everyone, I was talking about it there, about the light globes, and that's what made me go, right, I need to get you on to chat about it. (laughs) So then what sort of influence can you do like out further than just our homes with these lights? Is Is it being taken up by... Um, organizations, businesses, or anything like that? Um, a little bit. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a harder, it's a bit hard to infiltrate into like the commercial workplace, but there is certainly becoming some awareness as employees, uh, um, sorry, employers are starting to look more at their health and well-being of their employees. And we certainly are seeing it being recognized. And we we have done some partnerships with even some very, very large companies that have decided to like create, you know, a particular area in the office that is using more um, appropriate lighting for people that are severely impacted. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah, sort of commercial lighting is a bit of a tricky one because there's policy and restrictions around that as well, around particular um, um, amount of like lux or brightness that needs to be in an office and stuff like that and it's a whole different level of commercial lighting but even in just the last few years we are starting to see some recognition that hey maybe the type of lights that I'm having my you know employees be under for eight hours a day isn't really the best for their productivity for their health for you know if I'm trying to look after them so I think we'll see that continue to evolve in the coming years. So just as a like a individual at home, what are some of the health effects that they may start to see and then that reverse when they're starting to use the the lights? Like for us, we saw that the kids started to sleep better and go to sleep mm. really easily and they were reliant on melatonin Where and the same for myself. I found sleep, falling asleep, it's definitely really quick from having the lights in the home. But what other health effects do people come to you or might come and find your products? Well, it's very wide ranging because as soon as you throw sleep deprivation into the mix and what sleep, the power of sleep is, yeah, people can really start to have some really chronic health conditions and mainly it's around hormonal dysregulations. Mm -hmm. So it really can start to throw your adrenals off and your thyroid, which govern a whole bunch of biological processes. So, um, but more commonly at the surface layer, we just see the big ones as can't fall asleep or I'm waking up at like three in the morning or I just feel really wide. Uh, for kids, it can also be sort of around um, behavioural patterns and attention sort of thing, being like really, really um, overstimulated and hyperactive. And we get a lot of reports that, you know, now they're a lot calmer and and actually able to pay more attention during the daytime as well. So that, And that kind of does link into sleep as well a bit. Um, but those are the main things, particularly yeah. if we're looking at nighttime, is this really like around sleep the other things though is so i didn't mention that melatonin was a sleep hormone um that's kind of what it's like widely known as but it's actually far far more than a sleep hormone so in the body melatonin is actually one of the most potent and strongest antioxidants in the body so essentially what happens is your body gets flooded with it whilst you're sleeping and it's responsible for essentially a lot of cellular repair at night it helps strengthen your immune system it's cleaning up like damaged cells, potentially cancer cells. Um, so this is one of the most potent things you want for your overall immune health and health in general is to have very, very high levels of it at night. 
So if you keep having suboptimal levels of it, you'll potentially find that you get sick more often um, and your your overall health status can be suboptimal, just purely not based on the, the sleep you get, but just not having enough melatonin yeah. in the body. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So what's some simple hacks that people can do in their home, um, like straight away? Um, simple hacks in the home. Yeah. So a lot of it would be, so in the evening, like like you said, you don't have to fit out your whole home or go, oh, I've got all these bad lights in there. But like one of the biggest things, and it's like one light bulb is like just to, in like at least like after you're finished dinner and stuff, like turn all the overhead mm. lights off. <laughs> And just have a lamp, like one or two lamps, and like it's enough low light to 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 use in the evening. Um, so that that's a really big one that I I just like. It's like you don't have to approach it like oh this this whole thing's going to cost me thousands of dollars to mitigate. But yeah, even even if it's even if you don't change the light bulb out, even just bringing the the brightness down, not using overhead light. Again, overhead light is a signal of light coming from overhead from the sun. If it's down more level and below that's um yeah it's it's much more kind of like like the type of light we used to receive um and then potentially using some glasses if you're on screens but you need to make sure that you're not just going onto amazon and buying a cheaper 20 dollars set of glasses because they're not going to really work anything that's a clear lens is is a waste of time for for the evening it needs to be able to block 100 percent of it um and I'd just say another thing, which is actually free to do, is just like switch off devices and, you know, not only from a light point of view, but from an actual stimulation to the brain. So the brain gets heavily stimulated through things we watch and use to something more relaxing, like reading a book in bed or something like that. And if you can actually get the light environment with that, it's much better as well. Actually, do you know what? One of your tips I took away and implemented straight away was I turned my phone onto night mode all the time now. So I used to have night mode at say sort of five, six o'clock, it would come on. But now I have it all the time and my body's my my, my brain's got used to it and it's always the black screen. So I think that was a great tip you shared on another podcast. Um that's really useful for people to do. And that's that that reel that you've got on Instagram, which I think is so valuable for people to go and watch where you can see the difference when you put the glasses on and it's the different areas in the home and shining it on a light and seeing the difference of the blue light being reduced um, yep. is so powerful for people to who are real visual people who need to see how it actually works uh, to see that on your social media page. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's a, that was a cool one because we've got sort of a spectrometer, which is a, a very expensive device that we can actually measure all the different light frequencies. And so, yeah, we can sort of show like, well, this is the light coming off this and like the fridge, for example, yeah. and all these other things. And then actually showing, you know, how how the lens or a, glass, a particular lens that we have in our glasses and how that is impacting those frequencies as well. Yeah, that's it's so so powerful to go and watch and just see the difference and seeing that blue light being reduced. So yeah. how can people find the products and and follow you on social media and your website, the details? Uh yeah, so um we're we're at block blue light, so block blue light or one word dot com dot au. Yeah, we've got a whole as as you mentioned, we've got a whole bunch of content, educational content on there as well. So probably over about a hundred blog posts today on there. Um, but yeah, obviously we've got all our different lighting and glasses over there and 
Um, we're always available on chat support and email. Like we always get questions. So people are going to get confused about what products they need because it can be a bit overwhelming if you're just stepping into this or just learned about this and you really don't know what to do. Just reach out to us because we're pretty um, approachable and sort of will help sort of guide people into what's probably going to be the best for them. And then you're on social media as well. So Instagram and Facebook, um, sort of under, it's just under the handle Block Blue Light Official. Uh, yes, it does. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a few other companies out there with the similar name. But yes, look for, <laughs> but I'll put all those in the show notes for people to connect with you. Thank you so much for your time and all your knowledge today, Daniel. It's so great to hear and for other people to be able to now listen to you as well. Yeah, no worries. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy Conversation. If you'd like to reduce your paper and digital clutter and free yourself from the overwhelm of clutter so that you can claim back time and space to enjoy the things you love, head over to simplyhappy.com.au in the resource section and grab the declutter checklist and start to reduce your clutter even with small amounts of time. I'd like to acknowledge the Wadharong people of the Kulin Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of the land. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging.